Welcome to the Transform Podcast. My name is Andrew Farhat. I am the lead pastor of St. John's Church and School in Denver, Colorado, right across the street from Wash Park. And in this podcast, what we do is we consider what it looks like to follow Jesus. We consider what it looks like uh, to be committed to a Christ-centered worldview and operate with that as our lifestyle. This podcast is for you if you are seeking what that might look like or if you have already committed your life to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Transford Podcast. I have special guest PJ Arsvald in the house. Hey, Andrew, it's good to be here. I don't know if people, if they're watching online, they can see. If you're just listening, um, we're trying some new equipment today. So this is a fun day for the Transform Podcast. Absolutely. We got some new microphones, and we hope that this blesses you. We, we've noticed that a lot of our listeners uh, listen via audio. It's not uh, so much video. So we've invested in more audio, and we're kind of shifting gears and focusing in that direction. Yeah. So if you hear Andrew's silky smooth voice now in its fullness, that's why. So. Oh, my goodness. Um, and so also, if you would like to get more content, we, we're grateful for all of the uh, listeners. Uh, there was one episode that got 600 downloads, so we're grateful for that. Um, and if you would like more content, our mission is to make disciples of Jesus. So we'll, we're upfront about our agenda. We love Jesus. Uh, we believe that he transforms lives. He's transformed our lives. He's transformed human history. And so if you'd like more uh, content, you could go to RenewalDenver.tv. That is our uh, sister campus called Renewal Church. Also, if you'd like some more content uh, from the Wash Park campus, we are called St. John's Church. You could go to SJDenver.tv. There's short videos, there's sermons, there's whatever you want. We want to feed you and nurture you and stir up, hopefully, your affections for Jesus Christ. So, PJ, this is a question that we got and I think it's a very interesting one, and it's this. Should the church be involved in my personal life? Yeah. What do you think, man? Are we going to just, like, get a lot of haters after this? It's a good question. Well, you know, you look at uh, the history of not just Christianity, but religion in, in their country, and uh, it's well documented. There's kind of this privatization of the faith, so... Christianity at its very outset and just being God's people even before Jesus came is a very public thing. It's visible. Um, however, um, as we've kind of grown as a, we, you know, the United States founded, we liked the idea of privatizing that. We kind of, we wanted the freedom of religion. And so religion needed to kind of take a backseat. We didn't want it to interrupt or intervene. And so um, I think a lot of us, uh, myself included, are like the idea sometimes of like, I don't want the church to get in my business. I like what the Christian faith can offer me, but I don't really want it to impose or get into the private parts of my life. So I think we're naturally inclined to say, I don't want the church involved. I don't want them to know about this. It's not their business. Um, I think that's probably our, our first gut reaction um, when we think about something like this. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm always uh, struck by what you've said, because uh, growing up, I grew up as a Catholic uh, boy, um, and I did notice a lot of people that didn't wear their faith on their sleeve is what they would say. However, what that was is just a way of saying, I've not yet personalized this. Mm. See, because when you, when you come across Jesus and you start to get into the new Testament and you see like people are uh, transformed in their identity, their purpose, their significance in life. So it's like, 
how do you just separate all that all of a sudden and say, oh, this is all private? No, it doesn't make any sense. Jesus is not looking for followers that want to go hide, but rather he is saying, shine your light. Yeah. Shine your light because I, I've come to be a light so that others will see. Amen. Yeah, exactly. And so that's where, you know, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount quite literally says, you know, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. There's something about light and faith in Jesus that is going to be seen, that it cannot be hidden. Now, that just to clarify, you know, that doesn't mean that every conversation has to bring up Jesus. A Christian life is not one that where it's like, well, I got to, I've done 20 words without mentioning Jesus. I got to work them back in again. Or um, if, you know, if you're a plumber, you don't have to, every time you go fix somebody's pipe, you know, give them a little gospel presentation. Um, not that that would be inherently wrong, but um, but at the same time, following Jesus should touch every aspect of our life. And it's one of those things where it is not like I have work, I have family, I have this, and then I have my faith in Jesus. And they're all kind of their own little compartments. Um, rather, faith in Jesus is the foundation. It's the core to all of it that everything else um, kind of sprouts out of. And so it touches every area of our life. And so there's nothing off limits to um, the work, the command, the love of Jesus. Very good. All right. So here's where we're going. Here's the first kind of point that I think, strong point that we'll make today. And it's yeah. this. To answer the question, it's a voluntary accountability on the part of the person yeah. to say, I want to be a part of the church of God. Um, so it's a voluntary thing. And what I would say is it's a beautiful voluntary thing that Jesus invites us to. And as uh, someone who's been a pastor for 14 years, I have never seen anyone grow or flourish as a follower of Christ without entering into that voluntary accountability. Yeah. Because it's either you're voluntarily accountable or you desire to be distant and unaccountable. Mm-hmm. Now, with that said, I think we're careful to use the word voluntary because Jesus does tell the parable of the weeds and it's in Matthew, the gospel of Matthew. Um, and in that parable, he says that there are wheat and weeds growing in the same location. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously the disciples say, Jesus, shouldn't we pull out uh, the weeds? Or in the parable, that's yeah. the question that arises. Uh, Jesus says, no, you're not to go out and look for the weeds and pull them out. But at my second coming, there's going to be a separation between the wheat and the weeds and my father will take care of separation. Yeah. So one of the points of that parable is that church leaders are not supposed to try to look for sin in other people's lives in the church, but rather what we do see in the scriptures is a voluntary accountability that you would want the people of God to know you you'd want the people of god to you'd want mutual trust mutual love mutual prayer mutual kindness to each other but yet uh pastors and elders are not supposed to be going out looking for stuff 100 percent. yeah i think that's a good thing to clarify this whole conversation as we talk about um, our private lives and the church's relationship to it um, at no point is the church or are we as pastors or christians um, we don't have like a metal detector for sin. We're not going around like, oh, I knew it was here somewhere. Found it. Like, look at this. Um, it's That's not our goal. Um, our goal is, um, like you said, to come alongside one another. Um, Jesus and Paul both convey being in the faith and being part of Christ's church is one and the same. Um, there's really not a difference there. 
to believe in Jesus, to follow him, is to be part of his people on earth. It's part of his church. And um, one of the language that gets used frequently is adoption, that we are now children of God, we're brothers and sisters in the faith. And uh, I've shared with you before, but I was one of five kids. There were seven of us growing up, and um, we had one bathroom in our house. And so um, when you're adopted into a family, there is naturally a loss of privacy. You know, just the reality is when you have, you know, one bathroom, I shared a room with both my brothers. I never had my own room. Um, and so you don't have like this, okay, this is mine, and then I'm going to go out and interact with the world and then come back. But um, when we are brothers and sisters in Christ, when we're in the faith, we naturally are going to share life together. People are going to see um, our cool things and our not-so-cool things. And so there's just a, a reality that when we're part of this, um, when we do life together, um, that means that part of our private life is going to be visible too. It's going to be, it's going to spill out. And that's not to say that we hang all of our dirty laundry for the world to see. Um, it's just the reality that this, when we do life together, you're going to see me on that grumpy day that I wish nobody got to see me. Um, cause I, I'm not proud of how I reacted and how I um, treated people that day. And then I confess and I, you know, receive forgiveness. Um, but that is to say as part of Jesus's family, um, you're just naturally going to see things. You're part of, you know, the same household now. Um, and so there's, People are just going to see your private life in a way that they wouldn't otherwise. So one of the metaphors that we get in the New Testament is the household of God or the family of God. We're adopted into the family. We're born again into a new family. Yeah. Um, and then now if we have negative associations with our family, man, maybe this yeah. doesn't sound so beautiful. But yet I would say it's a beautiful thing because now we have God as our father. Uh, there are metaphors, I think, in Galatians chapter 4 where the church is now our mother and it's bearing children, and we are now a part of this beautiful community that's headed in the same direction. And um, my life, I'm going to just testify to this in my own life, yeah. that my life got better once I entered into transparent relationships with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And it was a beautiful thing. And it's something I had never experienced before because it was like, man, there's true love. There's true support. I feel like I can share things. I feel like I can trust. And, and of course there's sinners in the church too. So it's not oh, perfect, yeah. but I think the norm that you don't hear about enough is the beauty of the family of God supporting each other in Christ. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. Cause I think, yeah, we can be, honest and transparent that the church isn't always perfect and it has had its ugly blemishes and the the worst part of family has shown up in the church too and sometimes that's the form of gossip or kind of public shame and stuff and that's not good um and so we we own that and we repent of that as a church and you know not just saint john's and renewal but as the church on earth um, but when we're talking about the family of god we're talking about what the family was always supposed to be that we get this microcosm you think back to the garden of eden adam and eve how relationships were supposed to look, where people could be, you know, Adam and Eve were naked and not ashamed. There was this complete vulnerability, transparency, and there was no shame about it. Um, they could be honest with one another. Um, they walked with God. And so that's really what the church has become. And again, realizing that in this fallen world, it still has its blemishes. It's not perfect, but it is this microcosm of this, everything good about family, um, the love, the support, the life together. Um, that's what it embodies. Um, and that means that we can walk through the highest highs and the lowest lows with one another as well. Absolutely. So here is, here's a text that we're actually going to look at this Sunday at both of our campuses. And I'm just going to read just some parts of it. It's from first John chapter one. I'm going to start in verse five. It says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. When it talks about his light, 
It's talking about his holy character. Yeah. And then in verse six, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Those are some powerful words. And what I hear John saying after studying this passage uh, this week, uh, PJ, is that there is an invitation to walk in the light. Mm -hmm. And that is, I'm going to use this word, transparent before God, transparent before one another. Yeah. You start to be transparent before God first. And it's a beautiful thing because his light starts to refine you. His light starts to restore uh, Eden in you. And when I say Eden, that is a code word for uh, pre-fall into sin for human beings. So human beings prior to the fall were sinless. Yeah. And so as his light comes into your life, he's forgiving you of your sin. He's cleansing you from all your sin. But then he's also making you more like his character too. So C.S. Lewis talked about how he didn't really know who he was hmm. until he found Jesus because the light of Jesus started to restore him back to his true self, yeah. back to his original self. He said, I didn't really know my personality until I met Jesus. And I think I can testify to this in my own life too, that I didn't really find myself until I met the light of Jesus. And he started to woo me into his light and say, come, come, come and be a part of this. Um, and, but then second, it's you're, you're a light to, you are walking in the light before each other. Cause it talks about fellowship, right? Yeah. So it's not hiding, but it's coming to the light. It's not, Hey, I'm going to go do whatever I want with my boyfriend, but I'm going to, bring him to the light and we're going to walk in the light together. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not a uh, Genesis three where Adam and Eve fall into sin. They cover up. Mm -hmm. They, they hear God coming and they're like, let's cover up. Let's go hide. See, that's Genesis three. The yeah. light is to restore us to Genesis one and two. What are your thoughts, PJ? Yeah, I think that's a really good um, connection there. And light is a beautiful image that kind of weaves throughout all of scripture. And it, pops up and you just think of all the various aspects of light and darkness. And I, I love what you just highlighted it, this walking transparent before God, um, that when you come to faith in Jesus and you're walking in the light that is Jesus, um, light exposes what's done in the dark. And you think of how many things we do in the dark. Um, we think, you know, the privacy, nobody else has to know about this. Um, my own little things that, you know, I'm hidden from the world. Um, I mean, you think of how many, like, you know, break-ins usually happen at night when nobody can see. Um, the things that we... Mm -hmm tend to not be proud of are done out of sight. We try and keep them hidden. Um, and in front of Jesus, um, all of that is exposed. His light shines on all of that and calls us to repent, to turn to God. Um, and then, like you said, there's now this transparency before others where um, our actions can be visible. Again, not, not having to put everything out in front of the whole world, but realizing that I don't, I no longer live a life of this kind of hidden darkness. Um, rather, I walk in the light so people might look, and as Jesus says, see your good works and give glory to God the Father. And so um, there's this beautiful connection between this life that is open and out there. Again, not like everything's disclosed, but um, that people see, and it points to the light that is Jesus. Yeah, I think that's good that you said that, and we'll get to that. And I think there's levels of confidence. Yeah, you know? totally. But yet, Galatians 6 says... 
bear one another's burdens mm-hmm. and so fulfill the law of Christ. Yeah. And then it says, if anyone's caught in sin, you who are spiritual, restore them in a spirit of gentleness. You know, so you have language there that, man, this is for the purpose of you growing. This is for the purpose of you thriving. You're getting restored. Um, the imagery that we get is bearing a burden. So like it's when you allow your brothers and sisters to walk alongside of you, all of a sudden you are you came into the room carrying this huge backpack on your back yeah. filled with so much burden. Yeah. But when you share it with your brothers and sisters in Christ, it's like you're taking out some heavy objects from your backpack and you're putting it in their backpack. Yeah. And they're saying, oh, I'm going to bear this with you. I'm going to make your load lighter and I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to walk alongside of you. 100%. Um, well, yeah. I, I like what you point out in Galatians too. this idea of being caught in sin. So this goes back to like, we're not looking, we're not trying to drudge up everyone's sins. I'm not here to try and, I, I get no pleasure in, oh, cool, I know what everyone's sinning. Um, but sometimes, you know, when you do life together, you're naturally going to have, your sin's going to pop up. You know, you know, let's say, you know, you and I are hanging out at a party and you're talking to some people and you're just like, oh, yeah, I have to work with that idiot PJ. And you just like, just rip me, you know, a new one. And uh, um, that, you know, that sin is now exposed because we're doing life together. People have heard that, you know, we've slandered. And again, I'm sorry to make it, you're the example of sinning. You know, it goes both ways. Um, but now that sin has been exposed. And so now we can deal with that, restore it, confess it, forgive it, um, go through it. Um, so that's part of where, again, when we do life together, sin's going to pop up because we are sinful until that day when Jesus completely restores us and wipes sin off. Um, and so in the, inter- in the interim, when we're doing life together, those sins, those burdens are going to pop up, but we bear them together. We forgive one another and, you know, people can come and say, here's what I'm dealing with. Um, that's one of the beauties of, like you said, the, trans- the transparency. Man, this is more than any one person can carry. Oh, look at that. God didn't expect you to carry it by yourself. <laughs> he sent a whole church of people to walk with you. Uh, and again, sometimes that's, you know, those things are things we share with a couple people, one person. Um, but nevertheless, none of that is meant to be borne by just one person other than Jesus who ultimately bore it all. Absolutely. So we're invited to confess our sins to each other. Mm-hmm. James chapter five says that I believe it's verse 16 where he says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Yeah. I was always blown away by that growing up as a Catholic dude, because I thought you had to go confess your sins to the priest only. Now with that said, that's a voluntary thing you can do, which could be a good spiritual tool for you. Yeah. Uh, but in the scriptures, we're just commanded to confess our sins to each other because we all bear each other's burdens in Christ. Now, with that said, I want to say this. There's levels of confidence. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's levels of confidence in your life. So we are not saying, hey, if you want to be a part of our church, everybody has to know your business. That's no. not what we're saying. That's well, like a cult right there. I think right. that's usually one of yeah. the first things they do is they try and get the dirt on you and then they, you know, hold it against you. Right. Sounds like a cult, you know, a little, a little intrusive. No, this is a voluntary thing that is for your good. Yeah. It's a voluntary thing. That's also your choice of who you want to involve. Yeah. Who do you trust? And what we would say is every believer is invited to have what I would call a core group of believers. They trust, um, much of the time this does happen in life groups. Those, that's just a phrase in our church to, to describe small groups. Mm-hmm. Relationships can build, trust can build there where you can uh, have other believers that you trust and that you can confide in each other. And of course, you have to determine what's appropriate. 
<laughs> what's appropriate and what yeah. what isn't um, and so forth. And that that is the hope that if something bad happens, you don't just leave, mm-hmm. but you share if if something is up that you probably need to address, um, it's better to address it rather yeah. than just leaving um, and just, you know, holding it, holding it in. So um, so core group of believers you trust, I'd say, is level one. Level two, I would say, is a same gender spiritual leaders can be really good. This mm-hmm. could be your life group leader. This could be a, a, and a, and notice I'm talking about followers of Christ. Yeah. The beauty of going to followers of Christ is they have the same spiritual maturity that you desire to have. They have the biblical worldview. A non-believer can't help you become more like Jesus. So, um, and we all know he's the best guy that's ever lived. So we want to be more like him. So same gender, spiritual leaders. uh, These are simply like mentors, coaches, people you trust. Level three, I would say in the scriptures are pastors, elders. When you make a voluntary decision to be a part of a church, you are inviting their spiritual oversight into your life. Mm-hmm. But it's for your protection. It's for your good. See, that's this is so foreign to our American ears. I yeah. know that like if you're listening, you're probably thinking, man, this sounds different. But I would tell you, um, man, our independent, autonomous uh, kind of culture in the United States of America, I don't think it's working. I don't think it's a blessing. Um, man, we have a new generation of very narcissistic people that only care about themselves. Well, could it be that we pave the way with our generation saying, there's no authority. You're your own authority. You do you. You do what's best for you. You think about you. You be happy. But whatever happened to um, honoring our mother and father honoring our teachers, honoring our police, honoring people in authority. Um, So level three is Jesus also knows pastors, elders are for your oversight. They're for your good. They're there to protect you. And then level four, um, and I just, you know, put this here just for the sake of what makes sense is finding a biblical counselor. Hmm. You may say, hey, my marriage sucks, but I don't want to go to the pastor. That's okay. I'm like, we're not, are you offended? No, I, yeah, as long as you're getting help from a loving Christian who can guide you through that. Exactly. I'm not offended. If you want to go to a biblical counselor, amen. Our hope, right? As pastors, we're both pastors. We want you to get the help you need, the nurture you need, uh, the blessing that you need, the advice that you need. Um, And so I'm just going to stop there because that was a lot of levels. (laughs) Um, So that's what people I think need to know. It's like, we're not just saying, yeah, just go yeah. share everything. And also, by the way, you don't have to tell everything. It's all a voluntary thing for your good. Yeah. It's not for anyone else's good. I think I've been in, um, I've heard from life group situations where people have said, man, I shared something and then no one else shared anything. Well, it could be that no one else is struggling with the same sin as you are. Yeah. So like sometimes people share like high level sins and they get ticked off that no one else shared any other high level sins. It could be that that's just where they're at. Um, so I think that that's important to note is this is all for your good, mm-hmm. but you do need to trust the process 
of that it is for your good and it's not for some sort of like really transparent utopia with a group of people this concludes part one of this episode where we cover this topic please tune in next week as we will do part two of this topic and dive in a little deeper